Hello. So on today's episode of What We Ate, I went to go visit my friend Emily, who lives with her fiancé Mark in southeast London. They kind of live between Oval and Camberwell, around that area. So Emily wanted to share a dish with me that she learnt and ate copious amounts of when she was travelling around Peru seven years ago. Um, so we talk about this dish quite a bit, and she, she made it for me. It was absolutely delicious, but we did find ourselves getting off topic pretty quickly as we started talking about things like whether it's acceptable to eat a ball of burrata like an apple or just about the general gentrification and restaurant gems around southeast London as you do after you've had a few glasses of wine. What was quite interesting about this recording however is that we recorded it on the 12th of March so it was just before everything around coronavirus kicked off. This has actually been the only episode of the podcast that I've been able to record as a face-to-face in a face-to-face format and landed up being my last dinner party for quite a long time so I'm glad I've I have it recorded anyways hope you enjoy Emily, do you want to Hello. talk? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice one. Cool. And rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Take one. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this episode of What We Ate. Um, so, what will we be eating today, Emily? <laughs> today, we will be eating and drinking. Well, we are drinking. We are in fact, drinking. we are drinking yeah. pisco sours. <sighs> and then we will be having ceviche. So why ceviche? Where did you first have it? So I can't actually remember the first time I had it. I think I'd had it before I went to Peru, but I um I went on a trip to Peru a few years ago and what? ate lots of ceviche. Seven years ago. Seven years mine. ago. Yeah, actually when you were asking about it earlier I worked out I would I would actually have been there this this time seven years ago and I did that thing on my phone where you look back on photos from the day and all of all there was was a picture of my lap with a book on it and the front of a the back of a coach seat in front of me and I think it was when I did like this 36 hour bus journey between oh Peru God. and Bolivia which was not the highlight of the trip obviously you went, you went on your own I went on my own you? yeah well I did joke about it calling it the avocado trail and I actually in my tra- oh I should have got my tra- I've got a journal that I kept oh you should get it out and yeah I'll get it out in a bit and I actually I don't think this lasted the whole trip, but I, at least at the beginning, wrote down every time I had an avocado what the meal was. (laughs) But obviously every meal I had, I made sure that I had avocado with it. I think I did actually do a WordPress blog while I was there as well, but... Did you know? Yeah, it's probably there somewhere. It's probably got loads of spam comments on it now. For people who haven't had ceviche before, can you explain what it is? Yeah, basically it is fish or seafood mm-hmm. marinated in citrus juice can you use um, citrus? and you can so I think you kind of see it done with uh, lemons but I think it's more commonly lime and then often it's sea bass but you can have it with all sorts of things it's been quite trendy in London over the last few years and so you see kind of different variations of it um, um, and then it has other bits and pieces in it as well so like often it has corn kind of really big bits of corn which you don't really get here so much um, sweet potato sometimes avocado onion chili delicious um, yeah 
nice and refreshing. So did you have a lot of it when you were in Peru? Yeah. Was that like a staple diet? Yeah, there? a lot, yeah. I kind of sought it out most of the places I went. I had it sort of from, I went to like this really, really fancy restaurant in Lima, which was kind of, you know, one of the best, one of the top 50 restaurants in the world and had this incredible like multi-course tasting menu. Astrid y Gaston, I think. Astrid y Gaston, oh. I should double check. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And it was, yeah, I don't, I'd never really even been to a restaurant like that before yeah. when I went there. And I just sort of, I'd read about it and I turned up at my hostel, literally kind of off the flight. And I knew that was one thing I wanted to do in Lima. And I managed to persuade someone like in, in the hostel to come with me. But it was, yeah, kind of probably what you you could spend as a backpacker in like five yeah, days yeah. on one meal. But still, compared to eating out in London, it wasn't that expensive. And um, so, yeah, so I had ceviche there and then also had it in like kind of roadside pavement, you know, sitting on a plastic chair with... You know, it's just served on a paper plate and kind of really basic, but See, also like really I delicious. Would, I would get a bit worried about if it was going to make me sick or anything, having yeah. it as street food. But I guess it's, if it's marinated, then... Well, also, you're, you're generally by the sea, so yeah, you, you can feel pretty fresh. confident that it's probably come from, yeah, you know, yeah. hopefully not very many miles away. So hopefully it's kind of been kept well and... Yeah, I think the citrus probably kills quite a lot of stuff. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't have any problems anyway. <laughs> I think eat, drinking a lot of pisco probably helps, like yeah, you know, antibacteria. Kill any of the bacteria. <laughs> um, I've got to get the drinks. Ooh. So I mean, technically, we already have a drink today because you're making us pisco sours. But I've got to keep in theme with the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so I went to Captain Craft. I told the guy you're making ceviche. So he gave me an option for a uh, Gruner Veltliner. He said that would go very well. Um, a New Zealand Riesling, which mm-hmm. he said was very minerally, had some floral notes to it, which would go quite well. A Chenin Blanc from South Africa. Or a sake. Oh! <laughs> Amazing. So when he pulled out this little mini guy, I couldn't resist. But yeah, he said that the florally tones of the sake was going to go very well with ceviche oh that's so cool he also used the description bready which i didn't get bready yeah interesting i didn't know how bready was going to go with ceviche but i also got the grid of outliner because i thought we could have that later on lovely Um, thank you very much come on let's go we're we're not cooking it we're making it yeah I should have maybe just done it just before serving because it's not quite as vibrant green as it was when I first whisked it all together. But is this the dressing that you just pour on top? It's going to be, it'll just be a sort of few dabs kind of on top of the bowl just to give a nice little hit of bright green on, amongst a all little, the other colours. A little jazz. <laughs> a little jazz, yeah. Um, so yeah, it still looks pretty green though. I think that looks, looks quite nice. It's quite a nice vibrant flavour. It looks good. Yeah. And everything has to be Instagrammable these days, so I feel like that green will look very good. Okay, so talk me through it. If I want to make ceviche, because yeah. I feel like ceviche something, if you said you were going to make it when friends are coming around, they'd go, ooh, fancy. Yeah. So, I mean, the most important thing probably is actually the fish or the seafood that you use in it. So I wouldn't just go to kind of Tesco's and buy some fish that's been thrown in, thrown in frozen and, you know, you don't even really know where it's come from. But... Um, other than that, it's really quite simple. So it's just the fresh fish or prawn or yeah. and, and the citrus. So I went to the fish bungers in East Dulwich today. Uh, on Emily's orders, got um, sea bass. Yeah. Yeah, so. which is, um, turns out a very attractive 
smell for dogs. <laughs> Which my miniature Dachshund at home attacked. So we are missing about a quarter of the sea bass now, but that's fine. Um, so if you don't get sea bass, like what other types of fish could you use? Um, so any kind of white fish, really. So I think probably something like bream would work well. Prawns, like I said. Um, yeah, and then you do see, I mean, tuna, you can do it with. So there's, there's kind of, I think it's yeah. pretty, yeah, pretty much anything. Um, and then the kind of, the citrus component is called tiger's milk. Or I've heard Leche, of this before. Wait, no, is it Leche de Tiger. What um, was it again? No. <laughs> Mark, you need to say it. Leche La Tiga. Nice. La Tiga. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the kind of lime juice based marinade, but then it's usually got a bit of a kick with some chili and some garlic, um, maybe some ginger and some coriander. So you kind of get the flavours coming through into the fish from that nice do, do you need to make it in advance or is it fine if you just make it no, there and then no it's fine to make it there and then so I'm just going to start chopping some chilli cool. now because that's the last bit that needs to go in and I'm probably going to get distracted talking forget that I've no, touched no that's fine you carry, you carry and on and then no I'm just saying I'm going to get distracted talking forget that I've touched them and then touch my eyes nose oh, and mouth yeah. <laughs> Um, she has I, a big you, scotch bonnet in her hand right now, yeah, so that's going to be I, a disaster. I really spicy ones. I'm a massive wimp, so I'm probably just going to use a tiny, tiny piece of this. So what I'm actually going to do is take just a whole clove of garlic, which I've smashed slightly, a couple of um, chunks of ginger, and the end of a scotch bonnet. And I am being. Let a me bit, smell it. Um, I'm being a bit cautious. Because oh my I am god! A, yeah, your yeah. nostrils just flare. Yeah. And what Mark, are you pouring the wine? got three glasses of chilled Grunewald going. Yeah, I'll taste the wine. Um, so I've got my garlic, chilli, ginger. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to take a... Okay, so you've got garlic, chilli, ginger. Yeah, so just whole pieces. And I'm just going to pop those in a bowl and then I'm going to pour in my lime juice. So don't grate the garlic. Don't chop anything up. Just literally no. put the whole big clove in. Some bits of coriander. And then I think I do this three of us. Uh, I'm just going to kind of take a bit of a guess at how much lime juice to put in. So that's what, probably 500 three, mils? A bit less, probably like 3, 350. Leave a little bit in case you want a bit more pisco salad. Yeah, <laughs> um, save it for the pisco. And I'm just going to leave that to marinate now for 10 minutes. So just let the coriander, ginger, garlic and chilli kind of meld in with the lime juice to mm-hmm. just flavour that lime juice and then we'll drain it before we add the fish. people who can't see what's going on right now we've got a small plate of finely chopped red onion we've got a bowl of sweet potato cubes are they cooked or they're raw they are, yeah they're cooked they're just lightly lightly boiled fine and then we've got some chopped up avocado we've got the tiger's milk was it leche tigre leche leche tigre and we've got this coriander dressing which you haven't told us how you made that no it's, it's really simple it's it's literally just um olive oil and coriander just whizzed up together. Fine, so we've literally got that sweet potato, avocado, red onion, uh, tiger's milk, coriander dressing, and we've got the sea bass chopped up into little cubes. Yeah. And now what are you going to do? So now I'm going to take the sea bass and I'm going to pop it into the tiger's milk just on its own and leave it for about a minute. Oh, it um, it, it marinates very quickly. It marinates quickly. really quick. I mean, if you look at it, you'll actually see the colour change. Yeah. So if you look how pink it is, it's already starting to turn white now. It's just going like um kind of milky. Well, that's maybe why they call it tiger's milk. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the wine? I really like it. Yeah. It's, it's really nice, nice, isn't it? Yeah. I can imagine it's going to go very well. So I'm just going to try and make some space for bowls for serving. 
Now, Edit that out. Yeah, <laughs> 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 the sea bass has been in there for about a minute now. Um, we're just going to add the avocado into that. Yeah. And then, um, and I'm just adding the sweet potato into the bowl as well. About the same kind of amount as the avocado. Although, as you can tell, I haven't really measured stuff. But I guess that's quite a nice thing about ceviche. You could probably just do yeah. like whatever measures exactly. you want of everything. And then I'm just going to add a bit of... Um, to add everything in the bowl. as well now. It's cooking. So Emily's also um, making a really delicious bolognese for us to eat after the ceviche. But that's not part of the podcast. Let's just say that after the Pisco Sours and sake and wine, <laughs> we have something to line our stomachs To absorb our tummies. It's a classic combo. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Pe- Peruvian and Italian dishes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to dish, dish that up into bowls. And kind of want to accidentally give everyone a huge bowl full of lime juice. But equally, I do want to make sure that some of that tiger's milk comes through. So let's just start with a spoonful of the good stuff. Is ceviche always meant to be a small portion or do people eat, you know, a kind of big main um, meal of it in Peru? I've had pretty, pretty big platefuls of it in the past, but... Um, Out of choice or... <laughs> it just gives you... Just, I mean, yeah, you just have what you're served. Okay, and then, oh, I forgot the red onion, so I'm just gonna... Should we get the sake ready? Yeah. Also, sake or sake? Because I used to say sake, and the guy in the shop today said sake. Yeah, I think I've I think I've sort of learned to say sake. But naturally, you feel like sake. it's a yeah. sake. I feel like ceviche is something that people go, "Oh, ceviche! It sounds so complicated," but actually, it's a really fresh, appetizing starter you could do. It's really impressive. Also, it's amazing. <laughs> so now we'll just top it off with a little bit of the coriander oil. So Mark is checking out the sake. Apparently it's dry, crisp and effervescent. An exhilarating sake for champagne lovers. So Emily's going to enjoy That's probably where the uh, bready comes from. Yeah, I didn't know why you said bready. Champagne's often described as being yeasty, brioche Like brioche is like a sign of a... Yeah, I've heard that before for champagne, brioche. I thought he said heady at first. I was like, heady. Head, no, heady. Like, heady. It's like, is it going to make me heady? Right, let's so. take this through. Sounds really satisfying yeah. in the headphones. So we're pouring the sake. 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 So, one of the things I found interesting about Clapton Craft's recommendations is that they were recommending fairly acidic wine. Mm-hmm. For an acidic dish, mm. which I guess they're complementing it rather than what we would usually do, which is contrasting yeah. like a fatty dish with an acidic wine. To kind of cut through the fat. Because you could almost serve like a buttery chardonnay or something with it so that you balanced it yeah. with the... And co- with contrast. Yeah. Like... Cheers, Cheers. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that smells amazing. It really does smell bready. It it's like the starch coming through, I suppose. I never thought I'd say that, but it smells bready. It's quite interesting, right? Not had a that like that. I've never... I've never had. No, I love it. It's really savoury. It's really yeasty in your mouth. It reminds me of my sourdough starter. (laughs) That's exactly what it tastes like. I mean, the thing to remember with sake is it's kind of as varied as wine. Like, sake can taste as many different ways Mm. as wine can. It's really, really cool. Voting. I just remind you guys that this is basically lime juice, so do be careful <laughs> when you take a big spoonful. Like, more eat the fish within it. Mm. This is so good. Mm. I 
think the other reason why I bought a bottle of wine is because I saw how tiny the sake bottle yeah. was. Oh, it's so strange. It's like... The nose is so, oh, it's cool. so, so ready. Easy. And then there's almost like a slight bubblegum flavour to it on the back of the... Hmm? So any, well. anyone who wants to know what type of sake we're drinking, it's called... I don't know how to pronounce this word, but it's... De Toby Roku, and it means Festival of Stars. Oh, that's a nice name. It's really lovely. It's a dry, crisp, and effervescent and exhilarating sake for champagne lovers. And in a way, it does that is less acidic probably than some of the wines that you might have. So yeah. the, the kind of starchiness that... does sort of counteract the acidity a bit. Or at least Lucille got a little bit of sea bass tonight. You might have a taste for it now. You're going to have to go to the fishmongers every day and <laughs> pick up her dinner. East Dulwich fishmongers. Exactly. <laughs> Do you guys have a fishmongers by you? No, we don't. Um, we usually go. If, if, to be honest, if we ever need to buy fish, we go to Borough, Borough Market. Market as well, we Do you? Yeah, yeah, it was probably not a good place to go during coronavirus. No. It's so packed. Um, I mean, maybe anyway. not, though. This is the other problem, though, because I feel like so many places that rely on that food tourism. traffic and yeah. tourism are going to be, yeah. be losing out. Yeah. Um, and then we also go to the butchers in Herne Hill mm. from Dugarden Daughters. We go there, the one by Brockwell Park. Yeah, yeah, so good. We had an amazing piece of beef on Saturday night from there, didn't we? And then Port Belly on Sunday. So nice. Well, I, I wish it was kind of like... 10 minutes walk away not a 20 minute bus away I absolutely love Herne Hill you know the half moon the pub yeah there, that's where we're staying over the weekend of the wedding oh really mm. how come you picked that one it was really hard to find anywhere really I, I, I felt like we didn't actually even have much choice that's South gr- London I think there's a big gap in the market from the research I did for the wedding for places to stay really yeah. oh, seriously there's like if you go more central, south of the river, the Hoxton just opened one in Southwark. But I mean, that's basically it's quite south far away anyway. from where you're having the wedding. I was looking at like Airbnbs or like holiday rentals. Even going out into like the further out of London was basically didn't find anything. And I was looking quite far in advance, which I mean, maybe that was the problem. But um, actually, I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of southeast London, especially, is just residential, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I heard a rumor that Soho House is opening up in Peckham. Oh my god! Seriously, oh, do, yeah. Do you not think that's good? No, not for <laughs> anyway. As in, I was like, yay! <laughs> as in, that surely will be the final nail in the coffin of. As in, I'm sure if we got to go there, I'm sure we'd like, love it. But um, I mean, like personally, as a Soho yeah. House member, <laughs> it'd be quite convenient. If, I wouldn't if, mind. If they had a roof on a pool on the roof as well. That's the thing. Like Shoreditch House. Sorry, a mouthful of ceviche. Yeah, I mean, because isn't there one that's really North London and Highgate or somewhere that's just literally like a tiny, like a library almost? I don't know. I see it on the website. There's the Portobello one. Yeah, that's, that's really open. small. Yeah. So, but um, so it might just be one like that. Yeah. That's just a bar. Yeah. Which that that could be okay. Oh yeah, no, no. It's more the um optics. I think Peckham's constantly actually... under threat of being developed by yeah. uh, luxury flat owners, which is the main thing. It's not. Yeah. Like I feel like enough... it's so developed already, though. It's not really. Like if you think about, like the, I mean, the high street area. They've recently opened up. Um, what's it called? Forza Wine. Forza Wine, which is probably one of the more upmarket places they've mm. opened there. But like generally, like, there's some really good restaurants like, and Sierra, everything Art popping Cafe, up there. Yeah. Like Levan. Yeah, Levan um, is amazing. You go the oh, we saw you in What's there. Levan? Oh, it's is where that we the saw, you, saw you in there. Yeah. 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 Have you had a proper meal there? Mm, 
I can't remember. I mean, we we ordered quite a lot that night, I think, but no, I don't think we've been back to have a... It was so good. Um, we did go to Coal Drops or Coal Yard oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. Coal Yard, yeah, like yeah. right outside the station. No, 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 there's one in Peckham. No, there's like, like three restaurants in London that are called oh. the Coal something. Yeah. Like the Coal Shed, Coal Drops. Oh, okay. I'm saying God. it wrong because Coal Drops is King's uh, Cross, so it's yeah. Coal Yard in Peckham. But um, that the food was amazing. Yeah, it was... There's so also that good. Ku- is it Kudu, the place that Poppy and John went. Oh, I want to go there. Yeah, it, don't they do South African food? Yeah, yeah. they really liked it. It's <laughs> great for us though because we live like equidistance from Peckham, basically. I'd say like as in compared to us, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not fun. It's quite nice yeah. having those options on your doorstep. Yeah, we were saying... we have to travel through South London's food mecca that is Camberwell yeah. Street, but other yeah. than that, yeah. We were saying the other day that actually compared to like five years ago we spend so much more time in South London like in Brixton and Camberwell and Peckham than we used to like, we, I bet we used never really go into the central London well we used to go yeah because we used to go central or go east yeah, if exactly, we wanted to go yeah. out and maybe it's because less of our friends live in East London now but it's quite nice to feel like a bit more sort of centred here um, but yeah there is some amazing food in South London I feel like South East London so underrated mm. let's keep it that way <laughs> <laughs> so fast don't open there <laughs> Actually, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, a few of the questions I was going to ask you. Yeah. So, you love cooking. What yeah. are three things that you always have stocked in your kitchen? Ooh. Does wine count? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty good at having wine in the kitchen, aren't we? Um, spices. Cooking and drinking. Maybe that's oh, a cop yeah. out because no, but it's that's, pretty that's... easy to keep them in the cupboard. Spices, oils, vinegars basically just having really good basic stuff so that you can just go to the shop and buy some courgettes and some halloumi tins of chickpeas and lentils and stuff make it delicious yeah um what type of spices do you always have though so yeah paprika is amazing i I feel like paprika is actually one of the first kind of spices i learned like oh you can add this to stuff Mm. and it makes things taste better so i'm doing body coach again and um he puts paprika and cane pepper in everything that guy loves a chipotle sauce oh yeah thank you mark 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 just brought the wine through but i read about a new it's not new it's obviously been around for yonks but a razanut yeah my dad discovered that on a cardo eight years ago (laughs) get with the time Um, i literally just the other week yeah it's really that is lovely and again you can kind of just pop it in um you can make it yourself though like on body coach they give you the recipe it's like a bit of cumin a bit of paprika and it's a moroccan spice yeah Yeah. and zatar similarly as well like more middle eastern kind of spice i have not been introduced to that yet (laughs) not been reading enough what to length of it zatar is a good one to have around chamula like there's quite a few little spice blends that are quite nice quite yeah good to have. but yeah like as long as you've got cumin paprika I, I like fennel seeds coriander seeds is something that i discovered actually mm. in the last couple of years which i love there's been a few times where i've cooked mark like r- carrots roasted with cumin fennel seeds and coriander seeds and oh. kind of bitten into them and mark. been like what is this literally the cat has <laughs> got the cream <laughs> <laughs> yeah not to make you sound ungrateful but i think it's coriander seeds like if you don't crush them they're those little round like kind of but little use it, pestle mini. and mortar yeah, but I, don't I, I like having them whole hmm. so like dry one one dish that i like is um like if you get a burrata or buffalo mozzarella and then just like dry fry in a pan some coriander seeds oh. and then just like lemon zest olive oil coriander seeds and salt oh my god really, that really sounds good. amazing yeah and you get the kind of crunch and the crisp from the coriander and it just unlocks this kind of really fresh fragrant 
um, kind of deliciousness that with the creamy and the, what, cheese. And do you just like so you just serve it with like sourdough and stuff, don't you? To be honest, no, I, do, I wouldn't. I wouldn't serve that with anything. Well, actually, I just love. You, you can just eat it on its own yeah. burrata, but yeah. it does get quite creamy. Have in you the heard center. about when we went to Bologna? No. Tell me about when you went to Bologna. <laughs> Have you ever seen a woman eat a burrata like an apple? <laughs> to set the scene we'd been to uh, a food market in Bologna yeah um, Emily loves burrata so obviously she bought herself a, a ball of burrata but it was very very close to some smoked cheeses yeah just for yeah setting yeah. the scene for later <laughs> um, but basically we were kind of wandering around Bologna just having a nice day um, and then uh, as you do you found a quiet spot in the park and some steps to sit on some steps to sit on somewhere to rest your legs um, and Emily decided that that was the time that she was going to eat the burrata. Much you to my to stop much, me. much to my horror, like the idea of eating <laughs> a burrata without, without a plate and maybe some cutlery was quite scary. Um, but it didn't it didn't hold Emily back. Let's say um, it was probably warmed up to the perfect temperature. But I mean, she kind of looked like the got milk advert with burrata. <laughs> to kind of admit that it wasn't quite the perfect situation but when I put it to my face and it was big like usually if you get a burrata in London well like big handful I think it's actually technically a burratina which is a smaller yeah. ball big, though the ones this that we get was here like was the enormous. size of a small melon <laughs> and I put as I put it to my face and like the anticipation was building I was so excited was like I'm living every dream I've ever had Suddenly, the smell of the outside of the ball of burrata got to me, and it oh, really smelled like the smoked cheese and like a bit cowy and a bit yeah. And I was like, maybe there's a reason you don't usually put cheese this close <laughs> to your nose before you eat it. When people don't just whip it out at a picnic and start biting into it. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the burrata is going to be on the wedding menu. Yes, and uh, no question. Yeah, I mean they're, look, they're looking at each other now. This sounds. This looks like the first time Mark's heard of it. Burrata isn't seasonal, obviously, because it's just made whenever. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. The only the only thing was the, the Campbell Arms who were doing the catering. Um, they obviously do very seasonal dishes. Um, and for some reason, I was suddenly like, "Is burrata seasonal?" I mean, it's obviously man-made. So like, yeah, if a cow needs milking or a buffalo yeah. needs milking. So I was going to say, where do you go for dinner? But I think that's an obvious one. So yeah, Campbell Arms is quite a quite a common choice. There's also um, a place called Woolly Woolly in Campbell, which is a. We first came across it as the Chinese takeaway on Just Eat that we ordered our like crispy duck pancakes and chili beef and sort of typical Chinese takeaway food. Chinese takeaway food. And um, for years... Willy Willy. Willy Willy. And for years we thought kind of, we assumed it was just sort of that kind of Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Um, And actually we then ended up going there probably only like a year and a half ago or something. And they have a completely different menu when you eat in. And it's a specific region of China. I can't actually remember what region it is, which is bad, but... They've got really amazing dim sum, mm. gorgeous dumplings, oh, and these belt noodles. Belt noodles, so biang biang noodles, biang noodles, which is delicious. Yeah. When you find a good Chinese, that just literally yeah. becomes your board. It's really, really good. And then we just drink sake yeah. and 
eat. Not sake like we just drank. No, though. sake so, like, far is more Japanese, classical. isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. far more classical, like the kind of cheaper, yeah, obviously plum wine I, is. I, oh, right, right. I, sorry, it's like that plum flavour though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also Jay Rayner's local Chinese. Yeah, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. I believe so, or it certainly used to be at some yeah, point in history. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's probably one of those places that gets overlooked quite a lot because it's just down the road from a a different regional Chinese place called Silk Road. Oh, I've been there. Most That's... people have heard of it. It's always every. I haven't been there. I really want to no. go there. It's on like every yeah. London, South London list. Notoriously, kind of yeah. no bookings allowed. Oh, I haven't been. Book yeah, now. I haven't. Um, I haven't been there because there's always a massive queue when yeah. you go past. But there's yeah. a there's a, a, a table now. Yeah, yeah, I need to go. Yeah. It's, it's not to, far from we us. Go, but because we often end up going to Campbell for dinner like quite last minute, we actually tend to go to Willy Willy because it's easier to get a table and. Yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. Cool. FM Mangle across the road. FM Mangle, yeah. It's a very good Turkish yeah. restaurant. Yeah. There's an amazing Italian restaurant just down the road from Silk Road, and I only know that because we couldn't get into Silk Road, so we went to the Which Italian one, like place. Caravaggio's? I couldn't tell you what it's Is it called. On, on the same road? Yeah, it's literally like a few doors down, and my friend and I went there, and it was so good. It felt like we were in a scene of mm. Sopranos, though. Yeah. You know, like the Italian oh restaurant God. they have. Yeah. And, yeah. I think someone else has told us that place is good, and we've kind of avoided so it because it looks good. a bit like a sort of Disneyland idea of yeah. an Italian restaurant. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like the atypical yeah. Italian restaurant run by the same family for years and years, but yeah. it was so good. There's also Theo's in Campbell, which is a very different kind of Italian food because it's like sourdough pizza. That's really nice. Mm. We get that takeaway sometimes. Well, Campbell's another um, little hot spot, though, yeah, isn't it's it? It's really good. And then the Stormbird. Sorry, Stormbird, not the Stormbird. What's Stormbird? Really I haven't heard of that. It's a bar in Campbell, and they let you bring food in. So you can go yeah. in, and then you can kind of get pizza from... Um, you can get pizza yeah, from Theo's, or like go get a... Cheap ra- falafel wrap. Yeah, or go to um, F and Mangle. I mean, you can bring anything yeah. in. But it's very much like, it looks like a Belgian beer bar, kind of crossed with what mm. inevitably was inspired by Belgian beer bars, like New York bars. If you've ever been to, what is it, Blind Tiger, Blind Tiger, Blind Tiger in Greenwich. In Greenwich. Yeah. It's got a similar kind of vibe, yeah. like that kind of wooden beer bar. Yeah, less friendly yeah. service, obviously. Far <laughs> less friendly service, but yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Oh my God, you guys yeah. need to like create a coffee table book of places to go in yeah. South East London. Yeah. <laughs> and then breakfast at the weekend, Salon in Brixton. Oh. Although they've reduced their menu and they've taken some of the best things off. Yeah. And what were the is, best things? So basically, it used to be that any any breakfast dish you ordered, you could get extra. Um, so nice. Um, you could order extra um, pork belly lardons. Oh, they were, like the hugest, mm. chunkiest lardons. So you could just really get, like, crispy. Yeah, crispy, but also like juicy and fatty. And so you could just order like mushrooms on toast, for instance, and just get extra belly lardons. Oh my god! Or a duck egg, or, a duck egg. Um, or both. The, if uh, yeah, or both, which would be my my preference. Yeah, it's still re- it's still really good, and it's the same people that own or well, the same chef the same owner as um, Levan in Peckham I need to go back to Levan yeah, I should. forgot how it's, good that was really good. it's fantastic and the wine list the, is amazing I mean the wine list yeah. is kind of probably one of the best in yeah. South London yeah. like without a doubt Thank you very much for being a part of What We Ate and for sharing your wonderful ceviche recipe. Thank you for having me. It's been really good fun. Oh, it was good fun, wasn't it? We drank quite a lot. And oh, so speaking of drinks, which was your favourite drink tonight? Ooh. 
I think the sake was a very, very good buy. Yeah. Um, I think that went really, really well with the ceviche. The I think that was a good, stars. yeah, I think that was a very good recommendation, actually. Yeah. Oh, it was so delicious. The Festival of Stars. Um, and I was thinking, uh, you can have sake, well, most people drink sake with sushi. So actually, it's quite a good idea to pair it with ceviche. I just would never have thought of that before. Um, but anyways, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your recipe and hopefully I'll be able to recreate your masterpiece at home. Relive the Peruvian memory. Thanks for getting the sea baths. Uh, pleasure. Thanks to Lucille for eating half of it. Bye. Bye.